We'll begin 39.1. Joseph was brought down into Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, uh, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him <coughs> down thither. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for your word tonight, and I thank you for your love that never will cease uh, toward us. May our love, God, ever grow toward you as you. Uh, change us more and more into your image and, and father uh, for that I look to you again tonight and to your word to your spirit and father I pray that you would help me uh, ministering uh, your word to the church tonight and um, I'm thankful for the services this morning for those who were able to come here and, and be with us here in this place and who were able to join with us online and thankful for the word that went forth both in the children's Sunday school hour, the adult hour, and, and during, during the worship service. And now here we are once again, uh, Lord, looking to your promise here by faith, uh, here in obedience to your word, and, and uh, we look forward to you speaking to our hearts. And God, be with those that are with us online as well, and uh, bless their time with us there. And Father, uh, might uh, you be glorified. And Lord, might we be edified. We thank you uh, for this privilege and this uh, grace that we have of prayer to come to your throne, purchased for us as all things in salvation are uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> All right, we're looking at a few things, uh, learning some things from the life of, uh, of Joseph uh, for the next couple of uh, Sunday evenings. Last week, we looked at Joseph and saw, uh, kind of from a bird's eye view, uh, how much his life is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we see God being the author of history, uh, how he has orchestrated many things like that. Uh, because Christ is the major lesson of life that we are to learn. Uh, life is a person. Life is in Christ. And, uh, and it's eternal life uh, to know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. And, uh, and we are blessed to know that truth. I was just kind of studying that in my own devotions the other day as I'd come across some things. And it's amazing how inseparable faith in God and Christ are in the New Testament. <laughs> You don't know Christ uh, now. You don't know God. Uh, you have to. They, they're, they're both together, inseparable. There might have been some questions for Jews believing as Christ came along and walked upon the earth. But once they heard him, uh, that revealed whether they actually believed in the Old Testament God or not. Because if they did, then they believed in him. Uh, if, if they were already rejectors of the things of the Old Testament God, uh, then uh, they may come to believe both or they may just reject the one. Uh, but it's just an amazing thing how that, that, that revelation, how they're one. Uh, 
and uh, an amazing truth. Well, we're going to look at uh, just titled the, the the lesson tonight: uh, spiritual prosperity. Uh, starting the life of Joseph, we know that he was a prosperous person, and God God blessed him. And we want to uh, to be prosperous uh, spiritually uh, in our in our Christian lives. And uh, Joseph had some hard times. We came up on Genesis thirty nine one, and we understand that his brothers, out of uh, hatred and envy, had just sold him into Egypt, and uh, and we saw that uh, he was brought down there, and uh, and uh, the Bible says in verse two there, verse uh, Genesis thirty nine, the Lord was with Joseph. He was a prosperous man, <clears throat> prosperous man. <clears throat> so that's point number one. He was uh, Joseph prospered in his uh, profession. Uh, his his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord had made all that he did to prosper um, in his hand. So uh, I guess we could say at this time, Joseph's profession is a slave, <laughs> and it would be for a little while. Uh, and uh, uh, he served his father, uh, living in his father's home. He went and did what his father told him to do. You know, he went out and took the, uh, you know, the message to the brethren and, and uh, those kind of things. And, and now he's obeying his, his master, uh, 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 Potiphar. So Joseph prospered in his, in his profession. Uh, and uh, some things that we learn about that and see about this and can learn this in our lives. Joseph labored, first of all. He labored. Uh, verse 4, uh, chapter 39, he found grace in his sight. Joseph did in the eyes of Potiphar. And he served him. And he made him overseer over, uh, over his house and all that he had put into his hand. came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not all he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. So uh, he's, he's a great worker. And uh, Potiphar uh, gives him uh, uh, some responsibilities, sees God's blessings upon him, and uh, hey, puts him over everything. And, uh, and uh, what a, uh, a, a, a wonderful testimony. Joseph uh, was a hard laborer. Uh, Christians are taught and ought to be hardworking, faithful employees. Uh, we ought to uh, uh, serve as, you know, the scripture says, uh, uh, unto the Lord. Serve as unto the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> we, uh, we saw how that uh, in the uh, Brother Dennis's lesson this morning in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9, we saw that the apostles uh, themselves labored while they were starting churches, Paul and his missionary team and such. And we saw that in 1 Thessalonians uh, 2.9. He says, you remember, brethren, uh, uh, our labor and travail uh, uh, for laboring night and day because we would not be chargeable unto any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. So starting those new churches, uh, they didn't want them to think that they were just after their money, so uh, they uh, willingly labored uh, and, uh, and uh, without charging them, and, and they even worked uh, the Apostle Paul, obviously was a tent maker, it seems he, he uh, did that uh, while being a missionary, and they worked and labored uh, to meet their own needs and started the, the, the churches. And uh, what, what a blessing to be and give uh, uh, that, uh, uh, that example. <clears throat> and, uh, uh, and they continued that uh, in his, uh, Paul had, uh, 
had written to, uh, to the church at Corinth on his third missionary journey. He wrote them a letter from Ephesus in 1 Corinthians 4.11. He says uh, to the church at Corinth, he says, even under this present hour, so that's uh, on his third missionary journey. Now, even under this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked and, have, and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place. And labor, working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless, being persecuted, we suffer it. And so they were continuing that even on through uh, his third missionary journey there, laboring, uh, do whatever they do uh, uh, to, uh, you know, to meet the need there and to be a testimony. In, uh, in uh, 1 Thessalonians uh, 4.11, uh, Paul had written uh, uh, to the, the believers there that they were to start to be quiet, to do your own business, to work with your own hands as we commanded you that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, that ye may have lack uh, of, uh, of nothing. So he wanted them to be hard workers and work to provide uh, for their own needs. Work that you may have lack of nothing. Uh, work that you, have, you know, can, can provide your needs and, uh, and then do what God calls you to do uh, as well. Paul, we find in his letters, rebuked those who would not work. Uh, he writes to Titus, likely in between the imprisonments. He says he's, he, Titus is going to be assigned to go to Crete and straighten out some uh, false living that they're doing there. And uh, he says uh, so there was some false teachers, some Judaizers that were kind of criticizing those believers in Crete. And their, 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 their message about those uh, uh, believers in Crete was one of themselves, those false teachers, even a prophet of their own, said, the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. Uh, this witness is true. Ow. That was Paul. <laughs> he said, oh, oh, and by the way, they're right. Uh, generally, that's the way a lot of them are. But that, that's not the way we ought to be as believers, though. They're saved now. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith. And they need to be sound in the faith. <clears throat> you know, we saw a passage in a re recent message, make your calling and election sure. Sound in the faith. Uh, in other words, be strong in your calling. And, uh, uh, and uh, uh, that's the, the, your calling is the things that believers are called to. And be strong in that. And that's the way Paul wanted these believers in Crete to be that they be strong in the faith. <clears throat> uh, believers, as a matter of fact, who, who wouldn't work uh, were to be shunned. You know, we don't hear too much about that anymore these days. And uh, uh, they were to be shunned, uh, to shame them. When Paul wrote 2 Thessalonians, uh, the second letter to that church, shortly after he had written the first, uh, he said... Uh, uh, you know, some of them were thinking that for some reason uh, uh, the Lord was going to come soon or that, they, or that they were in the great tribulation. They, were, they had some confusing thoughts going on. The world's going to end. So we're, we're going to forbear working. We're just going to go around and uh, you know, maybe tell people about Jesus and fellowship. And, and they began to be slack in their earthly responsibilities. And Paul uh, rebukes them in 2 Thessalonians 3.10. He says, even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Uh, for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ, that with quietness, being orderly, do, doing your responsibilities, being a good citizen, that, that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. 
Did you get that? <laughs> their own bread. In other words, that which they have earned and paid for. Uh, he goes on in verse 14 of 2 Thessalonians 3. And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, by the way, that which y'all, that which y'all also just read, if anybody obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that, they may, that he may be ashamed. Uh, yet, count him as an, not, yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. So they were to be encouraged in this thing of, of being hard workers. Uh, believers ought to be among those who have a budget. Ought, we ought to live by a budget. Um, Hebrews 13, 5, Be content with, with such things as what? Ye have. I need to be content with what I have. You are to be content with what you have. Why? Because your lot is ordered by who? Uh, the Lord. He's in control. Uh, and uh, we are to be content with such things as, as ye have. That's what Paul was saying there to th- in, in that previous verse I read. They, they were to eat their own bread. They are to be content with such things as they have. And uh, uh, <clears throat> Paul's encouraging this hard work. We have many people uh, today who won't work, and they're supported by our tax dollars through various government programs. Uh, and uh, many in our country need, and, and, and I'm not against helping people that are hurting and that are in need, but the problem that we have with a lot of our programs is, is that there is no oversight. Uh, there, is no, lo- there is no looking into who are we giving money to. Uh, are we giving to money to people who can't work, or are we giving money to people who won't work? And uh, and we have met plenty uh, that are receiving it who who unfortunately whom the latter is the case. And uh, and in that case, it's a waste of money. And actually, in contrary to the will of God, uh, many who won't work in our country need to be enrolled in the biblical program, which was designed for them, the Starvation Army. Okay, and uh, that's where they need to be, and uh, and and then maybe God would be able to bring them to faith. Uh, you know, God had designed that. Uh, Timothy, I mean uh, Timothy, uh, Joseph was a hard worker. Whether he was the special son or a purchased slave, uh, Joseph's character reflected that he was a hard worker. What else do we learn from him? Uh, point B under that: Joseph was loyal. He was loyal. Verse 7, it came to pass after these things, Genesis 39, 7, his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused, and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wanteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. Uh, there is none greater than is in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. So Joseph uh, was loyal. Uh, he was loyal to his, to his master uh, Potiphar. And that's not right, you know, that, that, that you, what he was uh, uh, putting forth there. Uh, loyalty reminds us that we should never work only for our own profit. Uh, when we're working, we ought to be mindful of the company that we're working for, the boss that we're working for. We ought to want to see them profit. And do as best we can what's you know right right for the company. We want to see that the company's success, and uh, and uh, we ought to be uh, to be to be uh, to good workers. This Egyptian's house was blessed because of Joseph, and uh, uh, 
Remember what, Je well, I was going to go ahead of me, but I'll get ahead and start preaching the ones that I have. <laughs> I'm looking at. I'm going to stay focused here and we'll stay where we're at today. Uh, so we labor first for God, all right? Uh, Colossians 3, uh, 22. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to their flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to, unto man. Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Uh, Paul puts it this way in Ephesians 6, 8. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. So God is the watcher of our lot. He, he, he rewards us. He disciplines us. He works in our hearts. He will reward us. Uh, uh, he'll give us what we need. And he'll watch over our case. Uh, uh, we, 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 he'll, he'll watch over our judgment and the things that come our way in this world. And uh, he'll work those uh, things out. Uh, we work uh, for the Lord. Uh, first of all, for God. Secondly, in a sense, we work for others. First Corinthians ten twenty four: Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. What he's saying there is, let no man seek only his own. We already saw the command from Paul: they were they were to work to supply their own needs. They were they were they, they were, you are to work to do that, but don't just have your eyes on yourself, because there are people you can help. And uh, there are people that God wants us to give to, and causes that God wants us to give to, and we can we can work and uh, and provide needs. You know, I was thinking of that uh, that uh, verse, First Corinthians ten twenty four, that no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Boy, the entitled people can turn that around, can't they? Well, I'm not seeking my own wealth anymore. I quit working all my jobs. I have my eyes on everybody else's wealth. Well, that's, that's exactly the opposite of what God was saying. God was saying there in that verse, no, you work and get your wealth and take care of your needs and then try to work hard enough so you can also, what, have to give to another. And by the way, if you just get in the habit of giving, God will provide what you need. Amen? You, you, you find that. Well, I'll wait till I have enough to, to give a whole bunch till I have a whole bunch. If you have a little and you're not giving some of it, you probably won't give when you have a whole bunch. <laughs> giving is a habit that we do. It's something that Christians do. And, uh, you know, uh, you put some more water in the stew, okay? Uh, throw a couple more rocks in the rock soup, whatever you have to do. You know? But we can give, you know, uh, out, out of whatever we have, okay? And uh, get in the habit of that, and we'll see God what? Uh, providing our needs. God's interesting in, in, interested in the flow, isn't he? He wants to see us, see, he wants to, 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 to put it in so we can put it out as he directs. And so we need to be uh, hard workers in that, in that, in that sense. <clears throat> Bill and Jim were walking past a man in the corner holding a sign that said, Anything will help. Jim said, we need more government assistance programs for people who are in need like that. Bill answered, you don't need to wait for a government program. If you want to help this man, just give him a 20 yourself. Jim responded, I don't have any money on me right now. Bill replied, not a problem. Just come mow my lawn for me. I'll give you the 20, then you can give it to him. Jim exclaimed, why don't you just have him mow your lawn for you and, get, and, and you give him the $20? Bill responded, welcome to the conservative side. <laughs> uh, we labor to give. We labor to give. Uh, 
Verse 28, Ephesians 4, Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands that, that thing which is good, that he may have what? To give to him that needeth. To give to him that needeth. So we want to have our eyes open for needs, but yet we don't also, we don't also want to cast pearls before swine. Uh, we want to spend our money where God wants us to, where it's going to be used uh, uh, for his glory. What else do we see about Joseph? <clears throat> Secondly, Joseph prospered in purity, not only in his profession, his work, he prospered uh, in, uh, in purity. <clears throat> he says, uh, when Potiphar's wife comes to him, he says, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You see, uh, the others that he said there, he got that far, he said, uh, he, he, you know, Potiphar's put everything under my control and given everything except you because you're his wife. And, uh, you know, if you stop there, uh, uh, that wouldn't necessarily be purity. Uh, if you stop there, that might, that might just be self-righteousness. Jo Joseph could tell you what an honorable man he was. But we found out the, reason, the, the main reason he was doing that, and what was it? He says, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You see, and that's what took it from the place of self-righteousness to purity. Because, because it's purity because he was doing that for God. Uh, Potiphar wasn't first. Uh, Joseph wasn't first. God was first. And he says, you put that before me. I can't do that. That is what? That, that, that's against God. So Joseph, he was prospering uh, in purity. I can't sin against God. Verse 10, it came to pass. He spake to Joseph uh, 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 day by day. He hearkened not unto her. And uh, I think I'm going to get to that a little more on down the message here. So Joseph, he rightly, he rightly flagged sin uh, in, in his uh, prosperous purity here. He rightly flagged sin. He says in Genesis uh, 39.9 there, he says, There's none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me. Potter hasn't kept back anything from me. Uh, but she says, Because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Uh, what did Joseph call it? You know, he, uh, no, no, listen, sweetie, we, you know, we, we can't have this affair. That wouldn't be right. No, that's not how Joseph termed it, okay? Uh, he, ter he, he termed it a sin against God, a great wickedness. See, that would have been not an affair. An affair is a lady's tea party, okay? That, that, that's an affair. That would have been what? Fornication. That would have been adultery. That would have been sin against God. And Joseph uh, flagged the sin uh, for what it was. Uh, and uh, we need to, as believers, to be flagging sin. We know that we're called, we saw from the message this morning, every believer is to call, call what? To depart from iniquity. And so that means we need to be learning what it is and uh, knowing what it is. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. Uh, we don't measure up. Uh, we don't, our obedience, however much it is, doesn't match the obedience that God has called us to. <laughs> Uh, we all fall short of it in some, in, in some way. Hence, Christ came in and did what was necessary for our salvation, fulfilling it all and uh, in perfect obedience. Uh, what is sin? Now, what do we, as we consider it, we're supposed to, to, to flag it. We're supposed to, we can't, we can't depart from it if we don't know what it is. Well, 1 Corinthians 3, 4, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Um, 
So this is a, a, a crossing over of God's boundaries. This is, uh, this is the doing something uh, that we know that we're not, we're not supposed to do. Uh, crossing over the, uh, God's boundaries. Uh, that, that type of transgression. James 4.17 Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. There is not doing something God has told us to do. You see, so we have doing something uh, we're not supposed to do. Now we have not doing something God, uh, God has told us to do. Sins of what? Commission and sins of omission. Uh, him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. That's neglecting to do whatever God's called us to do. And there's another one, Romans 14, 23. says, He that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. That's those things that we're tempted to do or not do, but we're just not sure whether it's right or not. We're not real peaceful about it, a little bothered about it, but I'll go ahead and do it anyway. We're a little bothered about it, but uh, maybe I should do that, but I'm not going to do it anyway. Those things are what? Those things are, 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 are sins of presumption. Uh, what we're doing is we're doing a piece about it that's God's will and yet rather than refrain uh, if that's the case or rather than go ahead and do it because we only have a piece about it if we don't uh, you know, then, then we get presumptuous well I'll just, I'll just I'll go ahead and do what in some way my conscience is telling me is wrong but I'll go ahead and do it because I can't think of a specific commandment that you know, then the Bible says then you're sinning against your conscience you see by the way you still have that fingerprint you know uh, of God on us. When, when, when Adam and Eve fell, the, the image was marred. It wasn't totally removed, okay? Uh, there's some that like to teach that. Uh, but no, it was, it was marred. Uh, and uh, there's, there, there's some semblance of God. That's why Romans chapter 1 talks about the conscience test, talks about the law being written in the conscience uh, and the mind. That's, by the way, that's even in the lost person. So that when the lost person in their conscience sees creation and they deny creation, what? They're guilty. Because they have denied the fingerprint of God that's still left in their mind and conscience. You see that? Uh, but uh, these, these flagging sin. Uh, we think about that church at Corinth. Uh, and uh, you know, when Paul started out that letter to them, he, he, he talked about their security. How that God was going to be with them because they were saved, that they could be assured of heaven. You, you find that in the, uh, in, in, the, in the first chapters of 1 Corinthians. And then you go on, you might be expecting to read about some real spiritual church. And you find out, well, this place is a mess. Did Paul realize who he was writing to or the way he started out that letter? Well, well, sure he did. You see, we're secure in Christ. But you see, the problem the church at Corinth had uh, was, was the practicing of sin. And a lot of it was because why? They weren't flagging sin. They weren't doing what they should have been doing. You, you think about, as Paul writes them, he's astounded at what they're doing. What do you find over and over again in 1 Corinthians? Uh, 1 Corinthians 3.16, Know ye not. 5.6, Know ye not. 6.2, Do ye not know. 6.3, Know ye not? 6.9, know ye not? 6.15, know ye not? 6.16, know ye not? 6.19, know ye not? 9.13, do ye not know? 9.24, know ye not? I think they had a no problem, amen? 
And uh, there were some things that they should have been finding out and realizing and knowing that they shouldn't be doing or doing, uh, depending on the case. And uh, they needed to be flagging uh, that sin. Well, Joseph did a good job flagging that sin. He recognized it. He said, no, that would be an abomination. That would be, that would be a great wickedness. That would be a sin against God. And so he rightly, he rightly flagged sin. <clears throat> Discerning and choosing what is pleasing and acceptable to God is, is, is in, every, in everything that we think, say, and do is the most important thing in the Christian life. It's discerning uh, good and evil. Why? So we can do the good. So we can do the good and, and cease doing the evil or not do the evil uh, is that discernment that we need. <clears throat> Joseph prospered <clears throat> uh, in, in purity. What else did Joseph do? He rightly flagged sin. Joseph refused to flirt with sin. Uh, he refused to flirt with sin. Uh, look at verse 10. It came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. So she's continuing and he's continuing uh, to say no. Now it's interesting, I was thinking about this passage uh, we find out that in, in the verses just ahead that Joseph had business to do in the house. He had work to do in the house. And, and, the, and just farther on down in the passage, we find out that he comes into the house, what? And no one, no, there are no men in the house. Which seems like that was an anomaly. It seems like most of the time if, that Joseph went there, there was goings on. But perhaps this one time when, when Miss Potiphar uh, was really wanting to get him, she made sure there was nobody there at the time Joseph was supposed to be there. I mean, we don't know. But it just seems that her being by herself in the house, let anybody there, wasn't a regular thing. It wasn't, a, it wasn't something that Joseph should have expected. Which, which makes this idea, him coming there day by day, he's what? He's doing what he has to do. And he's resisting her. And uh, he's refusing uh, uh, to flirt with sin. First Thessalonians 5.22 Abstain from all appearance of evil. My son, if sinners entice thee, what? Consent thou not. Proverbs uh, 1.10 First uh, John 2.1 My little, little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He's being faithful. And... Uh, he is uh, resisting uh, that, uh, that temptation. And then finally, uh, what else did Joseph do when he had to? When the time came, Joseph resolved to flee from sin. Uh, he resolved to flee from sin. Came to pass about this time, Joseph went into the house to do his business, verse 11, and there was none of the men of the house there within. Uh, this time, he goes in, there's nobody else there. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And uh, so Joseph did exactly what the Holy Spirit uh, would have wanted him to do. By the way, we have it writing now. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee fornication. That's exactly what Joseph did. Uh, Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. 
2 Timothy 2.22, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So Joseph fled. He actually did what the Spirit would actually write down for us uh, later on. And uh, we see God's heart. It's the same all along, isn't it? And uh, we can be thankful uh, for that. Two theological students were walking along a street in the Whitechapel district of London, a section where old and used clothing is sold. Uh, what, a fitting, what a fitting illustration all this makes, said one of the students as he pointed to a suit of clothes hanging on a rack by a window. A sign on it read, slightly soiled, greatly reduced in price. That's exact, that's it exactly, he continued. We get soiled by gazing at a vulgar picture, reading a coarse book, or allowing ourselves a little indulgence in dishonest or lustful thoughts. And so when the time comes for our character to be appraised, we are greatly reduced in value. Our purity, our strength is gone. We are just part and parcel of the general shop-worn stock of the world. You know, we often talk about God's grace. And when we fall, he'll pick us back up. But brethren, don't ever get the idea that it's okay to keep falling and falling and falling. Because sin can become a captive. Sin can put chains on you. If you're seeking sin here or there, and just because nobody else sees it, that can become what? A prison and we can lose our spiritual power our relationship with God is broken continual slight deviations from the path of right may greatly reduce our usefulness to God and to our fellow man secret sins can weaken our character so that when we do face moral crisis we will fail to stand the test as a result we go down in a spiritual defeat because we have been careless about what we think to be little sins. See, people don't get bound in sins because God runs out of forgiveness. They get bound in sins because if we continue in sin, we run out of repentance. You see, the more we do a sin, the less sinful it seems. And if you get involved in sin enough, we get involved in sin enough, that sin will come to the place where it doesn't seem that bad. And you can even begin to make excuses for it. And all the while, the only person that you're fooling is who? Yourself. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And before you know it, you've lost that closeness with God. You're in that prayerless, praiseless, pitiful state that we talked about this morning, being without prayer. What a sad thing. God doesn't have that for us. He has purity for us, even as, even as he had for Joseph. And then thirdly and finally tonight, Joseph prospered through persecution. He prospered uh, through persecution. Verse, uh, we'll just look at verse 16 and following. She takes his garment, he laid up his garment by her, and she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, 
The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife which she spake unto him saying after this manner did thy servant to me that his wrath was kindled and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison a place where the king's prisoners were bound but when we read about that we read on and get there But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all uh, the prisoners that were in the prison and whatsoever they did, there, there he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord, the Lord made it to prosper. So what happened? Joseph also prospered through persecution he prospered even through persecution see he was Second uh, Timothy 3.12 yea all that will live godly in Christ Jesus what shall suffer persecution and uh, Joseph was persecuted by his brothers that's how he wound up there in Egypt he was persecuted by someone who was spiritually blasphemous that was Potiphar's wife he was persecuted by someone who was spiritually blind, that was Potiphar himself. And now he's in prison, and uh, being he's persecuted in prison, but yet he's what? He's working. He's serving God. God is, is prospering him. And by the way, God has plans for him what? I was going to say that he never dreamed of, but he certainly did, didn't he? Amen. <laughs> he dreamed of it multiple times, but uh, he was going to see it come true. Amen. And uh, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. When the Jews saw the multitudes, Acts 13, 45, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. They blasphemed him. Paul, they persecuted him. I listened to a preacher the other day. He said when Paul went into a town, he didn't look, he didn't look into the motels. He looked into the prisons because that's, that's where he's probably going to spend the night and uh, checking those things out. Persecution. And he was yet, he was faithful. Listen. No riches or relationships will satisfy or comfort those who walk contrary to God. No riches or relationships will satisfy those who walk contrary to God. Doesn't matter what what walking with God brings into your life, those things outside of God's will will never satisfy. No person or problems can destroy the peace and comfort of those who will walk with God. He said, my peace I give unto you. He said, he said the world doesn't take it away. They can't. Because God gives it. When we're walking with Him. And that's, that's the kind of peace that, that we need, by the way. And we can have that uh, as believers walking in the will of God. Interesting that we can follow these Old Testament folks. <laughs> the Spirit of God uh, showing forth His character through His people throughout all ages. 
Amen. And we can be so thankful uh, for that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word tonight. And I thank you for Joseph and the example, Father, that he was and that we have to read about. And, and now he's with you. And, 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 uh, and Father, uh, it's an amazing thing. So many times we read these and we dare not think that they're superheroes or supermen or something. These are normal people, God, and we too can walk with you. You'll give us the strength to serve you in our generation, dear God, as, uh, and uh, be the lights for you now that this world needs now and that you need us to be. And Father, we pray for the grace and strength to do that. I pray that you'd help us to be wise as Joseph was through all these things, to be prosperous as we seek you uh, in all things first. And, and Father, help us, uh, uh, Lord, to be careful to thank you and praise you. And we give you the glory. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.